a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. The headline today President Biden is invoking the Defense Production Act to increase the production of solar panels as a national security issue. Now, this isn't the first time a president has used this Cold War era law to get something done. The question beyond the headlines is, is this a good way to govern or is this a slippery slope that is not going to be helpful in the long run? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day. Think again. So again, the president did announce that he was going to use the defense Production Act to increase production of solar panels and to remove tariffs on solar panels and solar panel parts for the next two years. Uh, He said this is a national security issue. Our uh, clean energy, the climate is a national security issue, according to the president, and uh, that they this was a a wise move and a bold move uh, by President Biden. Uh, So just to give you a little historic context, if you haven't been following this through the day today, the Defense Production Act uh, is a 1950s, 1950s era law, uh, Cold War, that allows the federal government to intervene in private contracts if there's a national security need. And we've talked about this before. It's often used for things like, well, if if we're in the middle of a war and suddenly we need tanks, then we need to have the Defense uh, uh, Production Act to be able to turn car manufacturers into tank manufacturers. And that's sort of the way the the model went and the model looked for many years. And then under both Republicans and Democrats uh, in the White House, they have decided to use that for different things. Sometimes it makes sense. Other times it's a wild swing and a miss. And so let's break that down just a little bit. So let's start with the White House and how the White House is justifying the use of the Defense Production Act. Uh, Press Secretary uh, uh, Karine Jean-Pierre was asked yesterday Uh, What emergency is the solar industry President Biden is using to invoke the Defense Production Act? What what is it that it's uh, in danger of? What emergency is the president using to invoke the Defense Production Act? Because historically it's been in the 1950s uh, for the the Korean War and during COVID it was enacted. What emergency is it or what's the real emergency in the solar industry for the Defense Production Act? 
Um, so let me, uh, I was going to say first, the president, you know, when he takes the Defense Protection Act, it's to make sure that he's delivering for the American people. Uh, it is an important tool that he has used a couple of times and it has been incredibly effective. Uh, so uh, for this particular Clean Energy Defense uh, Production Act, uh, he is invoking the Defense Production Act to rapidly expand per, uh, domestic production uh, of solar panel parts, building ins insulation, heat pumps, and more. He is putting the full force uh, of the federal government's purchasing power behind supporting American clean energy manufacturers. I'm going to give that a, a double wow. Uh, and again, I think uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre is uh, always in a difficult challenge. She's new into the press secretary role. Uh, I can't give her a pass on that one. That was word salad. Uh, she was just going through a lot of cliches of this is the president taking things serious, doing things for the American people, putting the full force uh, of the government behind, blah, blah, blah. Uh, she didn't answer any of the real issues there in terms of why this is being done. And again, Republicans and Democrats alike have used the Defense Production Act to justify a lot of things. Doesn't mean it's a good thing under any circumstance. Uh, but this one I really have to question. Um, so let's go through a couple of others in terms of what has been used in recent memory. President Biden, of course, used the Defense Production Act uh, earlier uh, this year during the baby formula shortage. Here's how he described it. I'm invoking what they call the Defense Production Act to ensure that manufacturers have the necessary ingredients to make safe, healthy infant formula here at home. The Defense Production Act gives the government the ability to require suppliers to direct needed resources to infant formula manufacturers before any other customer who may have ordered that good. So there the president was using it to direct the ingredients necessary for formula uh, to go directly to these producers uh, because there obviously was a shortage and a crisis there. Again, also an interesting use. Uh, was that the best way to do that? Or were there other ways that that could have been done? Uh, also interesting, last year, President Biden invoked the Des Defense Production Act during a fire hose shortage. We used the Defense Production Act to address the shortage in fire hoses. Because of the pandemic, we found ourselves in a situation where there's a backlog and an awful lot of things. We restarted the idle production line in Oklahoma, bringing back to work and delivering thousands of new feats of new fire hoses to the front lines. Hard to believe. Short on fire hoses. It was hard to believe. Uh, but again, because of supply chain and a host of other things, uh, clearly fire hoses are, uh, are a crucial part of protecting the citizens of the country. President Biden also used the Defense Production Act to help with COVID vaccine manufacturing. We're going to use the full strength of the federal government to ramp up supply of the vaccines. As I said before, We'll use the Defense Production Act to work with private industry to accelerate the making of materials needed to supply and administer the vaccine. And then let's go back just a little bit further. Of course, President Trump used the Defense Production Act uh, in the midst of the pandemic, uh, including for things like ventilators. I directed Secretary Azar and Acting Secretary Wolf to use any and all available authority under the Defense Production Act to ensure that domestic manufacturers have the supplies they need to produce ventilators for patients with severe cases of uh, COVID-19. So you can tell how far back that went uh, into the pandemic. Uh, they 
we're, we weren't even calling it COVID then. We were calling it COVID-19. Uh, so you can see presidents of both parties have used the Defense Production Authorization Act to uh, direct funds or to direct uh, production of, of certain things in, in certain times. The, the question then is, are we using it at the right time? I think it's an important component. I think that presidents need to have that ability, especially during times of war in particular, or if there's a pandemic, na- uh, natural crisis. Uh, I think all of those things uh, make a lot of sense to me as it relates to using the Defense Production Act. The challenge for me is when we start using it to get at a host of other issues. Uh, I, I don't think the, the climate debate uh, on this, which the president is using as his reasoning to invoke this, uh, is really passes muster, especially since we've had solar panels uh, since back in the 50s. And we've gone through all kinds of iterations, even some debacles governmentally in terms of places like Solyndra, uh, which I think actually set the solar industry back a decade because it cut off all innovation. It it cut off a lot of the smaller companies that were finding ways to do it better and cheaper uh, and with better uh, service and quality. And so I think the president's going down an interesting path on this one. Uh, Again, I'm all for solar panels. I'm all for getting us as clean and green as possible so that we can be careful stewards of the environment. And I think we have to be very careful when presidents of either political party use the Defense Production Act to waive tariffs. Uh, that's uh, that's a big swing uh, to, to waive tariffs for two years uh, on uh, both solar panels and some of the, the pieces that make up those solar panels. And I think we just have to be very careful. Uh, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something. And as I said, I'm I'm all for solar panels. Uh, and I'm for solar panels that the market will bear, that the market is willing to pay for, uh, and that are going to produce the right kind of results. And I just think the president on this one uh, is, is looking for a way uh, to a different conversation. And I don't think the way he's invoked this uh, is actually the way to to get that done. Uh, so we got to think again when it comes to the Defense Production Act. Uh, I think both parties have swung wildly with it. Presidents uh, not wanting to go through Congress or not expecting success in Congress, uh, using it as a fallback mechanism to legislate from the executive branch uh, is not the way the system is designed. And ultimately, that ends up hurting the American people in the end. With Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. 
That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.